Welcome to Everyday Driver, where cars are more than just transportation. They're freedom, a common ground, a way to grow, and can even make life better. We're here to help everyone find a car they love and discover all the ways cars connect us. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is The Car Debate. Hi, and happy Tuesday, and also welcome to what we're kind of surprised to realize is the last podcast of the craziness that has been 2020. Amazing. We made it incredible. Thank you guys for being with us. Thank you for all your questions throughout the year. Yes, big time. Keep it coming. Mm -hmm. Todd and I are taking a little break here over the holidays as we recuperate and look forward to 2021. And edit episode seasons seasons for episode seven. Yeah, Yeah, season, well, eight now. Oh, God, it's right. It's eight. And then nine is coming. We've been talking about nine. Okay, yes. TV has to still be edited in spite of Christmas. But that gets me away from Christmas music. I put on the headphones and I'm I'm in another world. That's why you like to edit. That's why I edit over Christmas because I can put on the noise-canceling headphones and cancel (laughs) The noise that is Christmas music. Yeah, your car's making funny noise. Have you tried removing the Mariah Carey Christmas CD? (laughs) No, I didn't realize. Anyway, thank you. This is an incredible milestone, I think, for us. Just doing all these podcasts Mm -hmm. and engaging with you guys. And like I said, it's it's fun to get all the emails that aren't Topic Tuesdays or car debates or car conclusions. It's Mm -hmm. just guys. I I was shopping and I found these, and these are super cheap. Yeah, And I love just, hey, you drop us a line, mm-hmm. and we do see it all. We do read cool. it all. Yeah. And we're looking forward to coming back very refreshed. We're very much looking forward to sharing Season 8 mm-hmm. on the Motor Trend Cable Channel, which begins January 2, 2021 at 730 Eastern. Mm-hmm. It's early on the left coast of the United States. I yep. realize that. But it will be sooner to Amazon Prime than ever before. We're planning yes. on a yes. sooner follow-up after it airs on the Motor Trend Cable Channel. If Amazon will work with me. I'm going to make yeah. real efforts. Yes. It'll be on Amazon, which is great. The other seven prior seasons are on Amazon, and we are continuing to put older episodes onto our YouTube channel, our original YouTube channel, and we still have Test Drive. We were just talking about that literally five minutes ago. We were talking about the fact that we are getting so many press cars right now that we may go back to two YouTube videos on Test Drive per week wow. in addition to the ones that are <laughs> dropping on the original channel. We're going to be so we ha- may have some weeks where we were just talking about this. We have three YouTube videos drop, two podcasts, and a TV episode all in one week. There's a lot coming in 2021. Yeah, and there's cars coming, which we're going to talk about on this mm-hmm. podcast. As I said, please send us your emails, your car debates, and I love that getting it down on paper will also help you articulate what you're thinking and what yeah, you want to end yeah. up buying. But this is going to be the year in review. Before we be- jump in here, I do want to make you aware of the second YouTube channel. As Todd mentioned, the Test Drive channel. Easy way to find it is go to everydaydriver.com. And the second tab over is YouTube. Mm-hmm. And it presents you with a choice. One or two. The big one or the small one. Mm-hmm. The big one or the gold presidential and I, I don't know. Whatever. What are the standards? We don't gold, even know anymore. Silver, there's two there. There's no bronze. But still. Anyway, there's two. And also, if you have a minister of finance in your life, that shirt is available on <laughs> Blipshift. Go to Partner Store. So up at the top, under Shop, mm-hmm. you will see Partner Store, and you can scroll down to Everyday Driver, and there's a lot of other cool shirts on there, too. You can also go directly to our website and use the Store tab there and wind up at either Amazon, where all the seasons are, and the Blu-rays, and even my novel. Or you can go to Blipshift right there underneath the Store tab on our website, everydaydriver.com. Lots of ways to get there, but you're probably past your Christmas shopping at this point. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. It, there'll still be more stuff. There, and there's more stuff coming. And the jackets are still there. It's still winter. That's true. The jackets are still there. You've heard us talk about drive homework because it's vital to drive a lot of things when trying to find your next car. Knowing your options is important. 
This applies to online shopping too. You don't want to search just one website unless that site is searching all of the other ones for you. That's why we love Auto Tempest. I know you've heard us talk about it before, and we hope you've already seen how far you can shop with just one search. Auto Tempest pulls from all the top used car sites at once, so you know you won't miss a deal on that perfect car. Autotempest.com. All the cars, one search. For this last episode of 2020, we're going to talk about the year in review and everything that we went through, some favorite things, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. favorite things that we did, favorite things we traveled, places we traveled to, and favorite cars we drove. But we also, for the second half of the podcast, want to talk a bit about the year we're looking forward to and cars mm-hmm. we're excited about driving. And I have another special request to put to all of you. But first, we're going to jump in to the year in review, favorite events, things we accomplished. What stood out to you? I actually loved that we took those old, stupid sedans and did the salt flats. Oh, yeah. That, and I oh, love that's that we on my did list. it. Oh, you, yeah. you, you talked about it as well. I love the fact that we did it by driving them out of our driveway to the salt flats, promptly going as fast as they would possibly like, like push your foot through the floorboard as fast as they will go, and then promptly drove them home. And I have made this joke before, and I stand by it. I want Bonneville Speed Week to have a category that is, I drove this from home. Because everybody that shows up at yes. Bonneville Speed Week showed up with their cadre of people to help and all the, the cleaners and the helpers and the mounters and the everything. Yeah. And you brought it in on a trailer and we're doing Speed Week, man. I want to know what's the category of jalopies like those sedans. that I drove this from home. And when I'm done, I'm driving it home again. Yes, I totally I love that agree. We, did that. we didn't check tire pressures. We just drove. We didn't check any pressures and any gauges. We just <laughs> foot to the floor. Our, our blood pressure wasn't even checked. We just How went. Fast. It was very fun. Just so you're wondering, the Maserati has gone to the winner Ryan, who is in Albuquerque. Ryan has dug into the car. He actually has created an Instagram, as has Shane, the winner of the Phaeton, Mm -hmm. dedicated solely to the Pickle Fork. It is the Pickle Fork Chronicles, if you want to find him on Instagram. (laughs) And as he's dug in, he discovered the main circuit board got fried. I think that happened when I jumped the car. Possibly, But it was the car's fault because it started (laughs) leaving the rear lights on, the dome, the opera lights in the back. It started doing that. Started draining the battery, yeah. And then I had to jump the car, and then I read later in the manual that you're not supposed to do it like we did it. So it probably... Probably fried that circuit board. But then when he got it on jacks in the air, a whole bunch of salt fell out from underneath the car. That, that's still happening to Shane in D.C. <laughs> with the Phaeton as well. It, it hides in the nooks and cranny and crevices, and it, it's just a little souvenir for later. It's it's awesome. I love that just, we did that, though. All this salt just goes drop well, it all drops, over the floor. It drops in these perfect little chunks yeah. of hard salt that have somehow dried out and like, surprise. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. No, you're right. That was fantastic. But, you know, something that really stood out to me was – Seemingly a long time ago, it was a TV episode when we went to Thunder Hill Raceway up mm. in Willows, California, and it was the SCCA race school episode. That I love had, that, too. It had a lot more fun and drama than I expected. I agree. I agree. I couldn't believe how cackling we were, and the competitive nature of both you and I really kicked in, more so it than did. any other time. It did. You're right. And we were truly racing each other mm-hmm. in a very friendly, mm-hmm. gentlemanly way, but it's so funny because people will ask, hey, who's who's the faster driver? We have both cultivated our driving styles over the Certainly, years. Yeah, yeah. And I'll be perfectly honest. I don't know that either one of us has anything on the other. I really don't because What's, you're fast in areas. I'm blind. How did you do that so That's fast? what we keep discovering. And, and that was the great thing about that piece, which is actually going to re-air. It's going to be the only rerun in season eight. 
So that will be airing again in the first quarter of 2021, and it'll be, it's already on Amazon Prime. Yes. I really yes. love that episode, too, because the thing about it is it was fantastic validation and also wonderfully humbling. Mm-hmm. It was yes. validating that the stuff that you and I have learned and who we are as drivers, we see the merit in it. We can see that we're not just newbies that, that show up and talk about cars. Because some people that do what we do can talk about cars and can't drive very well. Yeah. There are those folks. Yeah. And then there's the reverse, guys that drive really well and can't articulate it. So it's hard to do right. both. Genuinely, it's difficult to do both. So it was nice validation that you and I kind of know what we're doing behind the wheel. But then at the same time, it was like, oh, I was a bonehead there. Oh, I need to get better yeah. there. And then you and the and, other person capitalizes on that boneheadery. Yes, yes. And you and I kept seeing this thing that we've seen before. And we've actually seen it. It's almost funny to say more in driving sims than we've seen it in real life. But we saw it in real life all weekend. And that is we would both do a lap. <laughs> and on half the lap, you'd walk away from me. And then the other half of the lap, I would close the gap and be on your bumper like, hello, why are you going so slow? And, right. and we'd get out afterward and be like, I don't understand how you're doing that part of the track that fast. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Just so funny. So that really stood out and so enjoyable. I hope we get to do more things like that. Mm. But I think what you and I came away from was agreeing that we wanted continued varied experiences, especially for the show. I would love the thought of having a Spec Miata and doing a series. I would love a Cayman and do the series Mm -hmm. or a Spec Racer Z or something like that. But then from a variety standpoint and growing as drivers and growing as, you know, being on camera and hosting the show and all those kinds of things, I think the variety, that the increased variety of things mm-hmm. is, you know, edging towards adventure, you know, that kind of thing. Well, you bring it up. Actually, one of the things I like the most about this year is we did more of what I would describe as adventure travel and enough so that I'd actually want to do more. Yeah. We took yeah. the 86 and the Veloster to a new part of Utah we hadn't driven. Yes. And then a couple months later, we followed up by taking, happened to be the same 86, still in the press fleet, and the four-cylinder Supra to a different part of Utah. But these, these were shoots where we actually left from where we're based in the Park City Salt Lake area. We drove to the location in the cars for the piece, mm-hmm. then drove them on new roads that we could shoot new ways, then drove them home, which is a very different experience. And we did the same thing. With our old sedans by driving back and forth to Denver to create a road trip. And then we did a big double shoot with our cheap sports cars. What's this made, made me want to do is do more and more of this adventure travel kind of stuff and make videos along those lines. It's gotten me excited. I had a conversation with my son recently oh, yeah. about trying to plan a big monster road trip in the Lotus next summer. Oh, you mentioned Just that. Just he and I yeah. doing a lot of time in the Lotus, which, let's be honest, is not a good car for sawing miles, but it is a car you want to be on that great road in later. Sure. So we're just talking about having kind of a father-son road trip adventure. Oh, that's And cool. I kind of want to do that more for the show and for our life experience because I, this sounds almost sounds stupid. You and I drive so many things so much on so many good roads. Yeah. We're very spoiled. Agreed. Agreed. But at the same time, it's been interesting to rediscover the fun of the road trip of getting there. Yeah. I agree to that. And doing the discovery along the way of what drives the show and what we love and, you know, boiling that down to the essence of, you know, what is this all about and how does that relate to the car? Speaking of which, we took a shoot that has not yet been released as of this recording. We're calling it the Haggerty shoot. And thanks to our friends at Haggerty Drive Share, they provided a couple of cars that were revelatory is a, is a good word. They were pretty high up there for me. It's not that they were expensive. It was the experience itself. And we went back to Pacific coast highway in California to drive two of these cars. And so I'm really looking forward to sharing that shoot as well. Just getting there and then doing everything we do. I, we need a second film crew 
just to do the behind the scenes because it's along the lines of the Drive to Survive series on Netflix of sure, the behind the sure, scenes sure. of Formula yeah. One. You have mentioned to me that you got more out of that as a Formula One enthusiast or just driving enthusiast yeah. to get to know the people and what goes on behind the scenes sure. because yeah, yeah. the piece we're shooting for TV can only be 21 minutes and 20 seconds. Yeah, you're right. That's it. Yeah, that's as, that's as long as commercials. It's, yep, that right. fits in 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. But then all this other stuff goes on that nobody knows about mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I want to share too. We could almost make another episode from the scraps that <laughs> didn't get into the main TV episode. What frightens me is the thought that the behind the scenes crew might be larger than our actual crew. That's what frightens Probably, me. We, but, we are shockingly efficient at this point. Yes. I mean, there's so many funny things that just happen along the way that can't go in the piece because yes. we have such limited time and we got to get through the piece and we got to, you know, say what we want to say and position the piece and all this stuff. And every one of these shoots creates some stupid, it's almost always stupid inside joke. Yes. Somehow it happens in the first half of the first day. And then we will all, whoever's on the shoot, <laughs> grind it into the oblivion and yeah. keep laughing about it until the shoot's over. And then invariably what happens is I come home and I share with my wife and my son and they look at me like deer in headlights, like that's not even funny. Right. And yes. my, my son's 11, 11. A lot of stuff's funny to him. They look at me like, that's just stupid. And then it just dies. <laughs> and even if, we, even if we try to resurrect it after the shoot, we look at it kind of like, yeah, that was for that time only. It's that kind of stuff that's really very was. fun. Yeah. It just, and then it goes away. It's undocumented. Mm-hmm. It's just, hey, we had fun. Did you guys have fun? <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. yes. Yeah, and we came away with this footage. Well, there's also some ideas that we've had throughout the years, but this year in particular, I call them shoot ideas that never materialized. Okay. And we are, we have to be nimble because mm-hmm. of cars mm-hmm. that suddenly appear and suddenly aren't available. Yes. Anymore. Yes. Give you an example. And that is the C8 Corvette Stingray convertible. Mm-hmm. GM called two or three weeks before we got that car and said, Hey, it's coming to you guys, yeah. which I didn't yeah. expect. It's going to be on winter tires. It's coming in this time frame. You get it for four days. Do you want it? Yes, I, I want it. Yes. I don't know what I'm going to do with it right this hot moment, but yeah. bring it. We'll figure something out. Yeah. And it turned into a TV episode. It did. It did because we actually were able to align it with other press cars that wound up here. And so we put it with the LC500 convertible. Got a really cool looking TV episode out of it. At the back end of the fall when the weather was still great. I mean, literally the next week, it was like ice rain. And, yeah. and destroyed the location we were in. We were there at the exact right time. That's a very fun episode. So you're right. That's the, the one element of the car drops from the sky and we go, we got to do something with this. But then there's the other one, which is we plan almost every season. We try to do six episodes, seven if we're lucky. Mm-hmm. Last season, seven was only five, just realities of 2020. But we typically try to plan about 10 episodes to see which six we can actually pull together yeah, because a car yeah. is going out of rotation or that wasn't available yet or that's been announced but won't be here until two months after the TV episodes. St- oh, that's not happening. One of the ones yeah. I wished we'd done, we didn't get the chance to do our pilgrimage trip this year. We did not, yes. We had set up to have the Yaris that's not coming to the U.S., the GR Yaris. We were going to drive that and an Alpine A110 as part of a, a round. We weren't going to do it. During our pilgrimage trip, but while we were over there for pilgrimage, we were going to do that. Obviously, we didn't go to pilgrimage. We didn't shoot that. That was one of the episodes I was most excited about. We were doing a Forbidden Fruit episode for TV, and of course, it got killed. Yeah. And yeah. and here's what's – it's been grinding me a little bit. Here we are in December of 2020. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's been literally like the last three weeks that everybody's reviews of the GR Yaris have come out. 
Yeah, it's been a little painful we to watch. Had, knowing we had, we would have had it in the can. Yes, we were on the books. We would have had that car in the can, awaiting a season eight release to discuss it. Yes, and we don't even know we'll get in that car now. That was a real bummer. I agree. And the other part of that shoot was. Not sure if you're all aware, but the Alpine factory is located out on the west coast of France, on the Normandy coast. And I was planning for us to pick up an Alpine A110 or S or anything. That Storm the beaches. <laughs> just drive the coast. <laughs> I just wanted to drive the coast. And Can we launch it off of one of those landers? <laughs> sure. It's only money. <laughs> that was on my mind. I'm going, well, you guys are right there. Mm-hmm. And the roads are right there. The beaches are unbelievable of course history that go that goes yeah, along with yeah, that yeah. and the weight of being there but i'm thinking how amazing would that have been <laughs> and then yeah we had the gr yaris line up by the way that uh lexus lc 500 this little tidbit came in a little bit later that was a pre-production car as you know the two yellow ones that we had were also both pre-production well the hybrid wasn't but the convertible was yes the yellow convertible earlier in the year yeah yeah you can find that video on the test drive channel and we had both cars together compared back to back well, this white one came back to Utah because it was an additional still pre-production car. And we believe, now hearing from our press folks, that that car has already been crushed and is no longer in existence. Wow. Because it was pre-production and car companies cannot sell them. We're mm-hmm. aware that that happens with pre-production. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just, it's sad. It's so just, now we have a record of a car that no longer exists. Yeah. That, that happens for sure, yeah. We think that Lexus took it back, and it is no longer in existence, which is horrifying and weird. My my wife keeps saying, they're going to crush this. Can we just have it? I'm like, that doesn't work that it way. It doesn't work she, that she, way. But, it, but they're going to crush it. I'm like, I know. I get it. But it's just, just it's not happening. It cannot sell them. Well, we've got to move to favorite cars we drove in 2020 as well, just realizing that we drove three different C8 Corvettes in 2020. Three different C8s, three different times, three different weather in three different locations. Amazing. The the black Z51 with the high wing yep. that was honestly one of the first ones to roll with the assembly line. It was before they closed the plant mm-hmm. for COVID. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then they changed the order book so things were called different things and there were different combinations and then C8 started being made again. We got a convertible here locally and then we had a red one. You haven't even seen it yet. Yeah. We had a red one. You've only seen photos of it, us putting it with a Porsche Cayman down near Las Vegas. Three very different experiences, and they are definitely on the top of my list for the year, yeah. It's interesting. It's our understanding that because of some carbon fiber supplier issues, the privately owned black C8 that we drove was built and delivered because the owner didn't spec any other carbon fiber bits on the car. He just he thought, I'm going to drive it, I'm going to track it, and then maybe get rid of it, maybe have it for one or two years and then sell it. So. Yeah. Yeah. I don't need it, you know, all the carbon stuff. I don't need to pay more money. And so his car was delivered almost instantaneously because he mm-hmm. didn't get the extra carbon stuff. And we had the privilege, genuine privilege of driving it before the 500 mile mark when the car resets itself yeah. and after the 500 mile mark. We were with the car when it broke through 500 miles, which very few people are able to say. Yeah. We got that on camera. It's part of the piece. It's actually now also on YouTube. The C7 versus C8 piece has that 500 mile barrier, if you will, the, the, the break-in period finishes. <laughs> the you can threshold. see you can see what yeah. the, the dash does when it happens. It's pretty cool. 
Yeah, well, what else? Uh, we had multiple Supras. We had the two-liter and the three-liter back-to-back. Together, which was very cool. Amazing. And we're thrilled that we did. That was also a piece that is on the main YouTube channel mm-hmm. still. And uh, that comparison was interesting. So we did a lot with the Supra, and we are definitely looking forward to the possibility of a manual. Although that is not official information. That is no. my opinion only. I do hope they make one. I do hope they bring it because we are looking forward to the Z car. The Z's coming. Yeah, the the 400Z will come with a manual. And I think Toyota has, has told us, this is what they have told us, that they plan to make kind of unique little tweaks to the car every year of its life cycle to keep it fresh and interesting and new. I think if you, if you have that headspace, it stands to reason that there will be a manual coming. I'm hoping it's not like the last year of production, but I it's think they'll be one It's logical crumbs. It's little crumbs along yeah, the line. for sure. So know? that was very cool. I have to say that one of the big surprises for me this year that I keep kind of mentally coming back to because I still can't believe it was the Mercedes GLS AMG 63S. I love that you said that. It's on my list too. That That is in that category of, of vehicles that should not exist. It's yeah. It was shockingly yeah. capable and incredibly luxurious and it had room for 7. It was essentially we said it in our piece though which is which is on test drive. We said it in our piece. It, it's a car that has genuine exotic car capability with your family of 6 or 7. And if you go you yeah. you always see this. You always see this yeah. in the car club drives. Here go the five or six exotic cars. They're all hanging together today. And then here's the guy. Oh, that right. His car's in the shop or he couldn't come today or this is the only car he had available. And he's in the old SUV. <laughs> Did you trip? Did you fall? Did exactly. you not hear the gun go off? What happened? So there's the person in the car that doesn't belong. Yeah. The thing that always made me laugh when we drove this big GLS was you could bring that on the exotic car drive and be running mid-pack. Easy. And it was huge. And it was a hundred and like sixty thousand dollars. Yeah. Nearly that, the whole yeah. day we had that the whole week we had that truck. I just every time I drove it, I was so conflicted because it was like, this is awesome combined with this is completely stupid. It was <laughs> yes. just the whole time. Yes. I keep coming back to the rear tire section mm-hmm. are wider than a Dodge Viper. Three twenty five section twenty three inch Michelin PS fours twenty threes. Okay, the, okay. This performance car needs remblems, and then it has PS fours on it, and then it can turn. Oh my god! It's so quick. Seven seater. We appreciate Mercedes a lot, which leads me to the future thoughts. I'll get to this a little bit more in the uh, second half of the podcast, but just future product from Mercedes. I want to talk a little bit more about that. But then there was the Mazda three turbo that we also recently drove Mm -hmm. recently introduced Mm -hmm. from Mazda. They have re-engineered the car and I want you all to know that they haven't just added a turbo to the Mazda three. That is not the (laughs) thing. You did it before lunch, cracked the hood, screwed a turbo to it and said, I'm going to lunch. That's that's kind of how everybody thinks. Well, now they've you know got one with the turbo. Mm-hmm. They've almost re-engineered every mechanical component to work differently mm-hmm. now that it has turbo power. Mm-hmm. And it reflects that. And so Very we drove cool. that as a TV episode as well. And then those spec racer Fords, I still can't keep thinking about those. The other They're one that, so good. They are good. So I, good. I love that you brought up the Mazda 3 Turbo. I really like that. But I have to say, the surprise of the year for me. The the car, hands down, that I was the most surprised, coming to it and being like, okay, yeah, I want to drive this, and coming away going, this is awesome, is the Volvo S60. Good one. Good one. That we, you and I have talked about it a few times on the podcast yeah. since then. But I, and plus pe- it, you can hear people going, really? Plus it showed up in white. Really? And I was kind of like, oh, white, 
mid-level Volvo sedan. Goody. Let's go do a test drive on that. And then I was and I still owned my Phaeton at the time. And yeah, it was just right. about to go and right. I kept being genuinely impressed with it. I'm I'm not in the market for that car, but I just kept thinking if I was in a market anywhere near this, this would be near the top of the list. The S60 was a it was a genuine surprise and I love it when that happens. I agree. When yeah. when I get in a car that I think will be fine, and I just walk away going, they nailed that. Yeah. they. It's spectacular. It was $64,000, which is expensive. Yeah, still a lot for sure. But man, you've heard us recommend it quite a lot now, and we will continue. We're just super impressed with what Volvo's doing. And then that Mercedes GLC 43, which I really liked. You liked that a lot. Yeah. I did get a speeding ticket in that. I got an 84 and a 65. Not hard to do. The officer was very kind, but very unsympathetic. <laughs> Probably writing you a ticket while he was uh, very nice about it. Yes. You can go test that at 65 miles an hour. He's not wrong. He's not. He's not wrong. If you park outside during the cold months, you know, overnight at home or while you're at work, you need a car cover from Covercraft. We recommend the Custom Weather Shield HP Car Cover. It's designed for dramatic water dispersion while still being breathable and really lightweight. It has superior paint finish protection, too. On the underside, it's less abrasive than flannel. Our cars are an investment, from our personal fun cars, our own cars, and SUVs, all the way to our cheap sports cars. Covercraft is focused on protecting the car or SUV or truck that you love, too. When you're shopping at Covercraft.com, remember to use the code every day to get a 10% discount plus free shipping. Follow the link from our sponsors page or go directly to Covercraft.com for high-quality covers that keep your car protected and looking its best. We should talk about 2021. Kind of can't get here fast enough. 2020 has been a difficult year for most everybody, so we're excited about 2021. I, I do have to say, all of us, the collective, all of us, and all. By the way, <laughs> those of you that you, you're sitting near that aren't listening to the podcast, this counts for them too. <laughs> all agreed. of us agreed. have put an awful lot of pressure on poor 2021. True. It needs to be the greatest year ever. And we're going to try to somehow pack all of the 2020 stuff we missed into 2021. And you know we're still going to want our vacation for 2021. We're not going to do any work. <laughs> and we're expecting this to be like constant New Year's party for 365 days. Pretty much. I just, I just want to calm us all down a bit. <laughs> it can't possibly be that good. Let's, let's ease our way into 2021 and hope for the best. So you're, you're just saying let's not have too many expectations. If it lets us down let's, a little bit, we're still hope, good with 2021, Let's right? hope for the best. Because 2020 has been pretty much just to throw it out. Let's move on. It's just been March since March. It's just been March for nine months. So uh, let, let's let's move on. Let's My dad always says there's like 500 days in March. When is March going to end? It, that's how it's been this year. Let's hope that 2021 is great. Let's talk about some of the things we want to do and we hope for, even though, again, I want to release the pressure on poor 2021. I'm worried about it, honestly. <laughs> a little mulligan for 2021. All right. So events and shows and possible travel and any racing series that we're looking for, of course, we're looking forward to all the racing series coming back at their normal times. Things are still shifted around. Formula One has a lot of driver changes. I'm actually kind of excited about that because yeah, of all the, the shifting around. 24 Hours of Le Mans, all the indie stuff. I, I'm just excited for it to come back, even though it was here. But I'm excited for fans to return, mm, honestly. Mm. And interestingly, I saw that CBS picked up a three-year broadcast deal for Formula E, which means oh, we'll be able to see more okay. Formula E races. I do like Formula E just because of the strategy involved. Mm, all mm. the cars seem to be professionally driven about the same speed but then you get the push mm. to pass and when you use it is very much of a strategy mm. and the whole idea is to end the race with one percent remaining on your battery some drivers have crossed the line with zero percent remaining and then it's just sort of like when's the car going to roll to a stop mm. 
Mm. But the idea is to not have any, if you have charge left on your battery at the end of the race, you did it wrong. <laughs> so weird. It's just, it's weird. It's I weird. Have to say. It's a very different headspace, mm. but it's fascinating to me. And I'm fascinated by manufacturers now leaving formula one, like Porsche mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. formula E, excuse me. And going back to IMSA and yeah, yeah. Lamar and it's, it's just every manufacturer is just switching around Everybody's to, playing around, to yeah. get what they want out of what they're developing, mm-hmm. their technologies that they're developing. So that's all very interesting. Of course, car shows, pilgrimage, if possible, we're going I'm, to lean on that yes. and have a lot of announcements. We're going to pretend that things are moving forward normally mm-hmm. and we'll let you know if things are not. At some we, point. we are trying very hard for pilgrimage to happen in 2021, which would be late summer, early fall. We're, we're already in conversations with the tracks to figure out potential dates. And as Paul said, we're going to march forward, hoping that it can happen, but we truly don't know yet. We're just going to move forward as if it will be. I really, really want us to do that. I already said this as well. I want to do some adventure travel, some long distance stuff in the Lotus. Because I yeah, realize yeah. that's the thing I haven't done enough of. And I also think that would be the thing that would make the most interesting videos. I've dailyed the car for years now. I feel like there's only so much coverage I could do. I could, and I haven't done much, I will admit. But there's only so much coverage I could even do about, hi, I'm daily driving a Lotus Elise. So let's do road trips in a Lotus Elise, which is not what it's made for. But I want to see some really cool sights and then drive some of the cool roads we've driven in the last year or so in the Lotus. I'm just excited about adventure travel in that car. I'm almost wondering. Mm. I'm not going to do this. But you you know the the old uh, MGs or even the Miatas? You get the cage on the back that you strap luggage to. (laughs) I'm almost thinking, like, does the Lotus have that? Do I need that? What's going on? You might want to have have something built just to stack all your bags. Because I can't put it there because it's right on top of the engine venting. So that wouldn't work. But it'd be funny. Okay. So how about one of those enclosed aerodynamic shells I guess. that hold luggage. The problem is most of them are longer than Lotus Elise's. Most of them are longer than the car itself. You're right. It's sticking out <laughs> off like, the back. Nice canoe. What is that on yeah. top of your car? It's happening there. That's my underwear up top. You know, I keep all my clothes. Cars we're excited about driving, though, is quite a list. Starting off with the Maserati MC20. Hey, honestly. I'm excited about that I know that you're excited. Car. Wouldn't it be cool if we could get our hands on one of those? Yes. That'd be very cool. I would, I would love, love that. that. Yeah. You've given, yeah, I will say this. You've given Maserati an awful lot of love in 2020. So anybody related to Maserati, if you're listening, the MC20 would probably be, it'd be slipping into warm water over here, at least in yeah, the case of Paul. That's, that's high yeah. on my list. And inexplicably, I'm giving Maserati love as compared to mm, podcast years, two, three, four years ago when I... <laughs> Kind of crapped all over Maserati. But but, but you then owned one, and it changed your entire perception. This is one of the things we do love about these cheap car challenges, though, is we get into stuff that we, on purpose, wouldn't have bought otherwise. Mm-hmm. We get a great experience out of it just because it's a different experience. It's that thing that we talk about, about have a new experience. That's the reason we're doing these cheap car challenges. Yeah. And we like that it stretches us, that it, it exposes weird new, new oddities to you guys. It's just it's fun, for sure. Weird new loves. Yeah. <laughs> Glad the car's gone before it grenaded. <laughs> it's going to get it fixed even better, Maserati. though. I have to say it because everybody's expecting me to say it. I am fascinated by the new Subaru BRZ, but I'm almost more intrigued to see what Toyota's going to do. I've got the 86 on my list, the new one. Mm-hmm. I'm really curious. I can't believe they're still silent about it. Yeah, why are they waiting at this I point? I don't know. It's just curious. I'm sure there was a board meeting, and it's all been decided, and they have a date that they will speak about it. And we oh, know if Toyota course. people listen to the podcast. So we're waiting impatiently, but I'm very curious about that chassis in general. I'd like to drive both the BRZ and the new 86. we got to put them against some stuff. 
That's supposed to be 2021 fodder. Let's hope so. Definitely the potential manual Supra. Definitely the new Nissan Z car, whenever mm-hmm. that is finally fully Let's see really when announced. it goes from the we think it's this concept to this is really the car. That'll be the big question. Is that a 2021 reveal or not? Yeah. I'm curious about Audis this year. Audi being in the midst of their dramatic shift over really to everything e-tron. Mm-hmm. I'm curious mm-hmm. about those cars and want to drive more Audis, of mm-hmm. course, if there's any combination of letters and numbers that equal to RS6 Avant. That'd be nice, yeah. Bring that. Combo, yeah. I would love to drive that. And the cars that are from Ford, the Bronco and the Mustang Mach-E are very high in my list. And I'm looking forward to creating some TV episodes around those. How, how diff- Just think for a second. How different those two are. Yeah. While both being SUVs, it's, very, it, it's such an example of Ford in the past and the, and the future at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Both SUVs, both storied names. We can argue about whether or not it's right, but both storied names, both SUVs, and yet could not be more different in idea, in styling, and in what they're made for. Yeah, yeah. I am a huge petrol head. I, I love gasoline engine cars. Mm-hmm. But I am curious about the avalanche of electric cars coming at us. Yes. Like the Hummer. Yep. I'm actually curious. I want to know what it's like to start living with these cars and what – Every car company is now doing and investing a lot of dollars into production and distribution mm-hmm. of electric cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're right in the sweet spot of things. Of Gasoline engines are still very much on sale and mm-hmm. very much relevant mm-hmm. and very important. But then there's this avalanche of electric stuff that's coming yeah, at us yeah, too yeah. And, and the balance between the two. I'm curious about that. And the BMW i4 is definitely on that list. Okay. I'm very curious about it. But mostly anything from Mercedes. Electric, yeah, gas. Okay. Don't care anything. Mercedes. You're, you're having a bit of a love affair with them right now. In spite really of the fact am. that I'm quite impressed, you're having a bit of a love affair uh, with Mercedes product right now. I am looking forward to owning an AMG GTS or GTC or whatever. Sure. At uh, some yeah, point. Oh, they're such cool cars. <laughs> so yeah. sexy and they drive so well and I just really love them. So, yeah. What else? Other cars you're looking forward to? Uh, that's covered my primary list. I mean, obviously, the 400Z and the 86 are the top of my list, but let's hope those others show up as well. All right, a brief transition here before we get to social media questions, and that is back to you guys, the audience. And I've been thinking a lot lately about this. I've been asking Chance and Edgar and Todd, mm-hmm. and that has to do with podcast guest requests from all of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, you guys know us. We're not necessarily a guest show. We do like having guests on. Mm-hmm. But my, I guess my mandate is what does it do for all of us as a car community and for you listening? Mm-hmm. What does that do? What, you know, who is the guest? I, I'm taking guest requests. I can't guarantee if we can get that guest. And we will also ignore some too, but we will take them for sure. I'm taking requests, (laughs) but I want you to think high level. Mm. I want you to think, who do I want to hear from? Mm -hmm. And that can be presidents and CEOs of car companies. That can be. You're aiming high. Look at you. That can be VPs of design. Mm -hmm. That can be ex-Formula One driver, whoever that is, who do you want to hear from? And I'm mm-hmm. putting that out to you because you've got ideas. I've got a list going, actually. Yeah, I know you do. But like I said, it'll be sprinkled in. We're not turning into a podcast guest show. No, but but this is an opportunity but, on Tuesdays. Instead of doing a topic Tuesday, yes. do a guest on Tuesday. And I also think there's an interesting thing going on here that you guys may not realize. Thank you, all of you listening. Thank you. This podcast remains in the automotive top 10, firmly in the automotive top 10, sometimes in the top five. Some of those shows 
have guests regularly, but none of those shows really do what this show does. So the key thing for us in all of these interviews, because we've had occasionally some interview requests come by, and all they are is a person wanting to do the exact same PR promotional interview that they're doing for other places. Right. We're not really that interested in that. We're okay with people talking about what they're about, what they want to promote. That's fine. That That's the reality of what we're all talking about. However, it's very important for us in all of the conversations to talk about what is the car love, the car love core of the person on the other end of the line. Agreed. We're more interested in that than the PR reason that they're there. And hopefully you've noticed that trend in the interviews we've done so far. And so I'm just curious about anybody that we have on. Let's get down to the car love of it. Let's let's talk about that common car disease we all have. That's what fascinates me. Yeah, I agree. And pulling that out of them and, and being just normal, I, well, I guess not normal, quirky, rabid car enthusiasts. Yes, yes and good. what else is going on in your life besides what we read in the official news releases mm-hmm. from your companies and in the news and everything else? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What really is going on in your head with whatever you're thinking? Tell us something cool. Of course, the higher up people can't reveal future plans to no, us. No, but no. whatever it is, I just I want to say to them, tell me something cool. Tell our yeah, audience, tell something you unique. guys yeah, yeah, for sure. something cool. For sure. yeah, and yeah. I've started to do that when, you know, you meet somebody and you get past the usual weather and, oh, how do you mm-hmm. know so-and-so? Mm-hmm. And then I will say point blank to somebody, tell me something cool. Yeah. What do you think is cool? Tell yeah, me right about now. cool. Yeah. That can be anything. It's incredibly broad. I love it's it. It's interesting it. what subject matter and what the conversation does at that mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. And I love that art of conversation when we just, hey, you're a person, you know? Tell us something interesting. What what are you thinking about? That's good. That's, That's really what I like to hear about. So I'm putting that out there. If you have contact information or phone numbers, I'll take that too. But, <laughs> we will uh, take any and all help. I, just, I want for sure. us to listen to you know people directing what the future of cars will be. Mm-hmm. I want to hear what's in their heads, and I want all of us to hear that together. That'd be cool. I like it. As always, we asked you four questions. You've given us many good end-of-year questions. I'm going to start right here with Bob writing in and saying that he's gone back to podcast number one. I want to stop here real quick. Thank you. Amazing, Bob. So many of you have sent us that email and said, I found the podcast. I've jumped back to number one, and I'm working my way through. First off, I have to say, we got better. So, <laughs> yes, uh, so thank you. Thank you for, for going back Over to number years. one. Yes. And, and thank you for, for liking the show that much. And, and thank you to all of you that interact and have passed the show on. We've been hearing stories about families that listen together, fathers and sons that listen together, or watch videos together. It's, it's humbling and also at the same time exactly what we hope for. So thank you to all of you on that. He said by podcast number two – we were already saying what the audience could do to help the show. Can you, can you notice the thread here? But anyway, but, but his big question was, he said he's watched all the stuff and he's picked up the Blu-ray still available. His big question is he can't find the 9-11, 50 years of 9-11 video or the American original video right now on Blu-ray. Are they coming back? Yes, they are. Part of the reason that they've sold out is because we essentially just had a monster Christmas rush and we sold a bunch of stock, which is very cool. All, yes. all, all of them went out the door. But we also are not refilling. This is... <clears throat> Pressure only on me. Well, we are not refilling the American original Blu-ray until I get the new C8 added section for that film. Because at the end of that film, this isn't a spoiler because it's pretty obvious. At the end of that film, we talk about the upcoming mid-engine C8, but it wasn't out yet when we made the film. Every generation of the of the car, in some way, was looking forward to the possibility of the car being mid-engine and it never quite accomplished, and now it has. And we've driven three of them in one year. So I'm going to cut a piece for the Blu-ray, for the film, that is about the C8, with the C8 in it, in three different locations that we already covered. 
Once that is done in the first quarter of 2021, we will re-release that film. We'll talk about it here, and then it'll be back out, Bob, but thanks for your interest. Question from Becca Walker on Facebook. How do you clean off the snow from our cars without scratching them? Hmm. And a related question, does doing it the normal way and automatic car washes leave real scratches that affect resale value? In other words, if I don't actually care, but the next owner might, which is me, (laughs) Are these things that will buff out okay, or should you just live without worrying? Becca, you are my people. You are so my people. I saw this question. It's great. Mm. Well, to answer your question about the snow first, that is, I travel to the upper Himalayas, and I harvest the speckle-throated yak cashmere underbelly fur to make a ski glove with which I can remove one flake at a time. It depends on the quality of the snow. Mm. Weirdly enough, if Mm. it's light and fluffy... I'll just turn on the windshield wipers and they're not iced up mm-hmm. and the rear defrost. And if you, you know, as soon as you're going 10, 15 miles an hour, it blows off. You're that guy that I really don't like on the freeway because you didn't bother. Well, no, by the time the, the freeway and, comes, uh, it's all blown off. Sure. Car. Likely story. But I do it by hand. I put on a ski glove and I make sure the surface of the ski glove is not touching the paint and I will push it off gingerly. The main place you really need to do it is on the roof. Usually mm-hmm. the windows, they're the windows. You can just you know, use your hand and, and get it off the windows. The sides of the car usually don't accumulate too much, mm-hmm. but the roof and the hood is where things do. And so I just, I gently push it off. I don't use a scraper. I don't use tools or anything like that. I just <laughs> carefully remove it. Having a car cover on prior to that is very helpful because yes, then be. you can go nuts. If you have a surface between you and the paint, yeah. Well, between the snow and the paint, yeah, you can go nuts because you're not going to scratch the the uh, the paint there. But I, I use the big I, tool I gingerly, do. yeah, and and you do it right on the paint, don't you? I do, yeah, yeah. I have a rubber edged big slider thing, and I pull it across, and yeah. yeah. Now, related question is the car you own, unless it's going up in value, which it usually isn't. Probably not. Yes, use it for how you want to drive it. That's good. That's good. Yes, it will bug me. If you're worried about the resale value, well, okay. I appreciate that as the next owner. Mm-hmm. And I try to keep my cars nice, so they're, you know, but I'm not thinking about the next owner. I'm, I'm thinking That's about key. me, That's and key. this is how I yeah. want my car to look. Exactly. exactly. But for you, Becca, use your car how you want mm-hmm. to live with it and own it because the next owner will buy it or they won't, mm-hmm. and it will matter to them or they won't. And if it does matter to them, they still want the car. They'll take steps to correct it. Good as point. As much yeah, as yeah. they can. Good point. But you can't watch out for somebody's preference as to how the paint is taken care of. You want to take care of it. Yeah. That will help your resale value so you're not just thrashed on your paint. I would avoid the automatic car washes personally, but. <clears throat> but I use them. I I've know. used them for years. I know it drives you nuts. <sighs> and every now and then I take my wife's kind and I get it nicely detailed. And the person does detail and goes, oh, you take this to the automatic, automatic car wash. And I go, yes, I do. Because that's how life happens. It's like Brillo for the paint. I know. I know it drives you nuts. But I, here's the thing I think you is so your funny. wash dishes with Brillo pads. Fine. Here's the thing I think is so funny here in Park City where we see a lot of high dollar cars. Some of the unbelievably expensive cars I see leaving that local car wash is always shocking. I think of you often Horrifying. because it, because at least the cars that I bought all cost under 25 grand and I'm taking them through there and I'm going to keep them for years. And that, that's what my wife's cayenne has been, right? <laughs> so I'm going to take it through the automatic car wash and I'm excited about the fact that it's clean in the middle of the winter. But then I see some car that I know costs the better part of 200 grand coming out of there. I'm just like, wow. Okay. <laughs> that's a lease. You just bought your car. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Felipe Rodriguez says on Instagram, can we design a t-shirt with approved by the Ministry of Finance stamp on it? What I think we should do is maybe, <laughs> since Blipshift has shirts for a period of time, right now we have the Minister of Finance shirt. Maybe we should do one later that has a stamp over the corner of it that just says approved on the same one. Mm. I'm just thinking out loud here. That's very funny. We may have to do that. Jared Rose Run asks if we as car enthusiasts should form a lobbying group to deal with the incoming environmental re- regulations on cars. Will there ever come a day where gas cars, both new and used, are banned from the road? If that is the, a thing, I see it as a long time from now. And it's hard to look that far into the future because there's just too much infrastructure and cars work too well. And if you think about it, even 10 or 20 years ago, how much more efficient cars generally are. Yeah, Got into yeah. a conversation with Edgar about mm-hmm. this, our shooter, and uh, we were just talking about you know general hatchbacks and economy cars and how mm-hmm. more efficient cars are, generally speaking. Mm. Some cars are and some cars aren't. Big sure. thirsty yeah, yeah. American V8s kind of aren't. They still aren't. They, they're more than they used to be and they're still too thirsty. Yes, that both of, both of those things are true. I'll give you an example and that is Toyota hybridizing mm-hmm. the Venza now, which we currently are driving. Mm-hmm. We had a pre-production Venza in July 2020 and we now have a production Venza that we've been driving. It does have the electrochromic glass roof yes, fully does. loaded all in for $43,000. Mm-hmm. It drives well. Yeah. It yeah, really yeah. does. It's useful. It sits high. I think they're going to sell a zillion of them. Probably. It's a good car. It only comes in their hybrid drivetrain, as does the Sienna minivan. True. And yes. it's curious to me that, that they've really gotten a lot out of the fuel efficiency of that hybrid drivetrain. It's a good point. It's astounding. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And $43,000, while not nothing, is pretty decent for a roomy five-seat Yeah. You get into it. I've surprised a few people at the light. It's quite competitive, and it's got a really solid interior for forty-three grand. And when you think about the it fact is. that the average car in this country is at least thirty grand, mm-hmm. low forties is that a lot of people are shopping there. You don't have to try very hard to be buying a car that that that, that much money when it's new. I, yeah, I hear you. It just it overall drives well. Mm-hmm. I'm not the customer, but we're not the customer for many cars we drive. That's not the point. But for the market segment, mm. I think Toyota's doing really well for. Their technology. Now, I've read that they feel behind as far as the electric car movement. Sure. What fully electric car do they offer? I'm waiting. Yeah. Yeah. But hybrid, almost everything. Yeah. And so they're really utilizing that, which makes cars more efficient, which makes me think, Jared, that the future of gasoline is going nowhere. And we have also brought up – sorry, you had a thought? Well, Jared, we've said this before that – I think down the line there is going to need to be, and I'm not making a political statement about yay or nay to this group, but there's going to need to be a lobby for people that like to drive like there is the NRA for gun owners. My point being there's going to have to be a group that is speaking up on behalf of the right to drive a car. And I talk about that both for the if potential that happens, autonomy I don't see it happen, and ever. gasoline cars. I think both of those, there's going to have to be something theoretically, theoretically now, because now we go to the flip side. There's various governments around the world that are outlawing the selling of new gasoline cars in the next decade. Mm-hmm. How many of those implementations will actually come to be in that time frame? I think remains to be seen. It makes great headlines right now, but I don't think it's sure. really going to happen that quickly. And it also doesn't instantly mean that the gasoline cars that already exist are suddenly off the road. There's no, no. 20, 30, 40, 50. How many years you want to go back that you still are making this grandfathered in car run? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we've made this joke before. Eventually, you and I are making horse videos. Used to be the primary kind of. effort of transportation, and now it's this thing we do for fun. 
all of you listening to this podcast are because you believe driving is fun more than you believe driving is commuting. We're already a minority. Fair enough. As long as we are actually willing to spend money for that experience, I think the sheer reality of supply and demand, it's going to stick around in some some regard. I'm not trying to cause an argument between gasoline engines versus electric. That's not the point of this comment. But it's all about tires. And the use of petroleum in the manufacture of tires isn't going away either. Mm -hmm. And, you know, electric car owners will say, hey, I'm totally free of the petroleum industry. No, you're not. Well, yeah, the plastics are are in those. Petrochemicals in the plastics. Those exist as well, yes. I know it's a debate. We can have that debate forever. But I think there's continually going to need a balance. And I don't see ever the point where we got to plead for permission to drive. Because at this point, I still think humans are better. And I don't think the autonomous thing is going to overtake us. And driving is fun, like you said. Yes, the middle of nowhere, you're going to need to be able to drive yourself. Yep. There's a recent uh, concept just released from Nissan, partnering with a recently graduated Art Center student who mm. designed a concept GTR based on the premise that driving is illegal in the future. So it's the outlaw GTR. Well, not really. It's <laughs> you're imagining different things than what it the Mad Max be. GTR. Really not. It oh, was a different concept. It would have been that. fun though. I can see the movie. I can almost see the poster. Anyway, onward. <laughs> Interesting concept. They told him he couldn't drive. What I like about the concept. <laughs> Stop it. I, I'm gone. I, I practically need to leave and start writing. Moving on. It was an interesting premise mm-hmm. that pushes the design language forward and the okay. concept of how the human fits in the car. Okay. So I, I liked that premise. But then I thought driving illegal. That's interesting because mm-hmm. if driving is going to be illegal, people operating machinery is going to have to be really seriously rethought about our you know, <laughs> paradigm of yes. how people operate machinery is yes. going to have to also be included in that. We've all seen the so, I crashed by forklift at the office videos. We've all seen those. Yeah. Every dash cam video. I yes. Mean, all the construction equipment, mm-hmm. all the fails, all that kind of stuff. So that has to be included in the conversation. That's funny. Does it not? That's very funny. Yeah. Really interesting, but I like what it did to drive future concept and what Nissan was looking at mm-hmm. and very intriguing, but I don't see driving becoming illegal, and I like that Porsche is investigating alternative fuels. Yeah, We've had yeah, yeah. many of you bring that to us to say, hey, we got to take care of our customers mm-hmm. and all these older legacy Porsches on the road. Yep. What if that translates yep. to almost every other gasoline-powered car? Interesting point. And Interesting therefore, point. cars are still being saved. They're going to be around a long they, time. They don't need to be crushed. There's no reason to. It's going to be around a long time. That's the thing is that all of the press seems to suggest that next week we're all going to be in an electric car that's autonomous. That makes for interesting headlines, but you look at the numbers and the reality where the tech is. We're not going to be there for a while. I will say when Tesla does introduce a $25,000 electric car, that'll be it. (laughs) You think it'll be the end of all of it? (laughs) No, not the end, but I think that'll be like, wow. Okay, electric cars are now available for everybody. We'll see. Pretty much. We'll see. Nips and Lats says on Instagram, he's actually saying to me that he just got my book, thank you. And he said, why is the print so small? See, this is the self-publishing reality. Okay, because I built the book to be a scaled down version of how I had looked at proofs and stuff. And I thought, okay, that's about the right page count. And I finally got a copy 10 days after most other people got something about where I live. 
People in L.A. ordered a copy and had it the next day. It took me 10 days to get my first copy, and I ordered mm-hmm. it before it went public. When I finally got it, this is total first world problem stuff. I looked at it and was like, oh, the print's a little small. So I have revised it since. So the books being printed now are a, a better, more readable copy. It's also got a higher page count. But it's the same content, a little bit bigger. That's just the reality of when I saw proofs. Uh, thank you for reading it either way. You said you're enjoying it no matter what. Thank you for that. I would love your review when you're done. I really appreciate it. Geese1RBM says a few weeks ago there were a number of stories popping up about Honda reviving the S2000 nameplate and using an even higher output version of the Civic Type R engine. Do we think there's any truth to this? If so, what are our thoughts? The S2000, as beloved as it is now, is still a niche vehicle. Honda needs to sell cars. They need to make money. So if so, I love what that would do to the Honda nameplate and bring a performance version, a democratized, accessible performance car back to us, everybody who loves Hondas. I do love that. It's hard to speculate without seeing an any hint of any news from car companies because as you know they love to just drop it on the internet and say here's what we've been working on look what we did kerboom ford did that with a gt out of nowhere other companies have successfully done that so what while i do love the idea you have to always look at it through a business perspective Mm -hmm. as if you were running the company and making the business decisions for the dollars Will this sell? You know that Honda is watching Toyota sell the 86. You know Mm -hmm. they're watching Supra uh, and whether or not that work together with BMW that Toyota has gone after is even going to work for them numbers-wise. You know they're observing that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're going to be very cautious. Honda is traditionally very cautious in that kind of regard, and they're going to have to see if the sales numbers on those cars even make it worth the trouble. I, I don't know. I don't know. Barragero has a track daily crush for us that I like that relates. He says $25,000 edition track daily crush 2020 Civic SI. Okay. BMW M235i and an Alpha Julia TI. 25 grand gets you into any one of those three cars. Track daily crush. And I can tell you right away, the Civic SI dies. It gets crushed. Okay, okay. I'm going to track the BMW M235i because I have on both the automatic and the manual and enjoyed both. They are very good, good to track. Yes, yes. And I would daily that uh, Julia Quadrifoglio to, uh, TI all the time. Happily. Uh, yeah. uh, sorry, it's not the Quadrifoglio. Just the Julia. The just TI the Julia. Okay. For 25 enough. grand. I'd absolutely daily that. would be great. Yeah, the rev hang on the Civic is a little bit. Um, it's a little bit. Uh, a little yeah. Annoying. V1 Instagram 3 says, is it possible to test drive different vehicles without going to a dealership? Apps like Turo and DriveShare aren't available in New York. Forums, my friend. I believe forums will be your best bet if you are genuine and you come with, you know, hat in hand to the forum and say, I may become one of you guys. I may become an enthusiast and an owner. I just have no way to be able to drive blank particular car that I'm looking for. Can you help me as a car community? People love to help other people. They love to share their car too. Absolutely. They don't always like you to drive their car, but they tip it. you can always find that guy that will. Plus, you could do this. You can do a planned vacation to a Vegas or an L.A., and you can drive stuff. That's very true. I just I think forums and reaching out to other people, and then you make that human connection. You're not just totally. I get that. faceless, yeah, yeah, yeah. nameless person on the internet. You're yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. hey, you know what? I do have that car, and okay, if you are genuinely serious, and I can actually help you discover what mm-hmm. we all love about this car, sure, come on over, and let's go for a drive. That might happen. Wow, there's even more questions than we can answer, and I, I love all of these stuff. Thank you, guys. It's, it's really is, cool to have you with us questions. consistently year after year. You realize 
Uh, we started this podcast in 2014. We did. Yeah, it's been a while. We're wow. going to keep going. We're in the 560s now. We will, of course, have another celebration at uh, five, uh, 575. We'll do all questions. At 600, we'll do a big live thing. All of this is coming in 2021. We're not stopping this podcast. It will remain two a week. We're just taking three episodes off that gets us to the beginning of 2021. Yes, we're hoping you all will be able to take some good time off. Happy, healthy, and safe. Thank you, guys. Really appreciate it. We're looking forward to 2021. Cheers, everyone.